Hello, this is Zach. Hey, what's going on, Rockstar? It's Arrow. <laughs> hey, Arrow. You're the rock star, man. How are you? <laughs> you're the one that keeps pumping out these great songs, man. <laughs> well, thank you, man. I appreciate that. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you like it. Oh, my God, especially the song Black. What I love about it is that you're, you're really putting that guitar riff out there. And in an age where it's still a little bit too much EDM, but you're not afraid to just say, hey, look, we're, we're going to rock. Uh, you know, I, I, I have always felt that uh, guitar oriented music is going to is going to come back around again you know so why not right <laughs> why not be a leader at it right now then yeah i just don't i don't care <laughs> i'm gonna do it <laughs> what do you what are you feeling from your side of the entertainment industry to where we can start making this move because i see that a lot of classic rock stations are changing their formats these days and introducing a little bit more of a newer tone to it yeah you know i mean i, I think it's it's been a gradual you know, gradual movement, if you will. It's just, uh, you know, I think it takes the right artist and the right songwriting and, um, you know, the right messaging, I guess, you know, it's weird. Um, You know, we went through this whole period where it's been really nothing but mostly, you know, nothing against, you know, rap or anything like that. But um, I've noticed that you know, even country music has become more pop oriented, but even some of the country music I'm hearing has a lot of rock and roll influence in it. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, it's just kind of gravitating that direction. I'm hoping it continues to go that way. Well, and the, the challenges that you must have with these people that are addicted to TikTok. I mean, I know as a mobile entertainer, I mean, they want out of those songs like within 40 seconds. Go to the next one, man. Go to the next one. So it's like, all right, how do we hurry, hurry up and get to that hook so that people will stay with it longer? Look like, um, what's a TikTok? <laughs> I just don't, you know, whatever. You know, it works It works for, for some folks, but, you know, I, I will always believe in old school, which is, you know, go out and do live shows and yep. promote your music and, you know, try to get it on radio. And, and I really could care less about streaming, unfortunately, because it's just not, you know, you can have a large number of strings and still only have a small amount of, uh, you know, royalty revenue from that. Boy, that's so true. That's so true. And especially if you're, you know, those that are using the streaming methods for their businesses, I mean, they're, they're paying ask nine prices, but the thing is, is that the artist isn't receiving it. Right. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And it's, it's a travesty. I, I mean, streaming has really bottomed out the, the music industry as we all knew it at one point in time. Yeah. So what has to catch your eye in order to write that song? Where Where is your mind usually at when all of a sudden you go, uh-oh, it's time? You know, um, it, it depends. It's different. I mean, I usually get um, inspired by an event or a feeling or, um, you know, something that's happened. Um, in the uh, aspect of Black, uh, that song, it's been actually, it was in, a, in the can a long time before I had um, my producer, Skin Mills, help me, you know, make it a better song. But I wrote it uh, in the early 2000s wow. um, after a tragic incident in uh, a suburb of Dallas uh, where a woman by the name of Darlie Routier uh, basically killed her two kids and then blamed it on an intruder. Mm. Cops eventually caught her, and she went to prison. She's on death row. Um, but you know, it was when I was living in Dallas at the time, it was a big, big deal. And you know, I I wrote about it, and uh, it sat around for a long time. And and uh, 
you know, it, it's a darker song than, than most of my other songs, uh, but it was relevant at the time. And it, it, it took something like that for me to, to make a dark song, I guess. See, that, that goes along with what Dolly Parton has always said. And that is, is that writing music is basically a newspaper that comes with a melody. Exactly. That's what that's what it is. You know, I mean, it, it, it's um, uh, a narrative, mm-hmm. right? You know, and and you are uh, taking your narrative and creating a, a a musical rendition of that. Wow. So the one thing that I've noticed a lot about a live per, uh, performance nowadays is I notice that people or fans in the in the audience are really singing those songs. I love it when people get that much into it. It's more than just, you know, tapping your foot. But I mean, but are they listening to the lyrics as they're singing? What What are you seeing? I think they are. I mean, I think especially the ones that that, you know, they love the artists, they love the songs. Um, they've taken the time to listen to the song enough where they've learned the lyrics. Yeah. I'm sure they have, you know, a, a an emotional bond to to the meaning of those lyrics in some manner of speaking, at least. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think there's um, a, a lot of uh, uh, folks that actually know the lyrics and know what they mean, and and maybe each person has their own interpretation of those lyrics, but. Um, you know, certainly that's the case. I'm also start, starting to see the air guitar. I mean, people are starting to really get into it. And I don't know <laughs> if it's because, you know, we are the in the roaring 20s and people are just trying to cut loose, but but they really do feel like and see seem to be, you know, you know playing with the music themselves. Well, I, I haven't seen that much at my shows. Usually they're too drunk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> most of the time, uh, you know, I've, I've seen that before, though. Yeah, you're probably right. Do you, do you think we're in a transition period when it comes to Rock's history and newcomers? Even though you've been in the business for a long time, you still have that energy to push yourself beyond where the you know the old rockers are stepping to the side. Yeah, man. I mean, um, you know, I, I think it's opportunity presents itself. Yeah. You know, and because I think some of these older bands have been able to attract younger audiences. You know that's a huge thing. You know because you, you have multiple generations, for example, that like the Rolling Stones or Aerosmith or you know any number of these fans out there, and um, uh, I think that presents an opportunity because that means some of those folks are more open to music that that isn't on TikTok. Yeah, yeah. Best part about making music. What what do you enjoy most about it? Uh, I think other other than getting out there and just rocking you know i mean i love playing um i love playing live um i love every bit of that i do like writing and performing music that that touches somebody and that i know at the end of the day they they love that song and it emotes some kind of feeling in them and it forms a connection with with the fan uh, i think that's probably my favorite part see your your passion is just it, it's always so addictive and it, it kind of reminds me of what way jennings told me the other day and he goes i don't get paid to play music i get paid to set up a stage and take the stage down and then go home and and it's it's because he's, it, it's amazing how you guys are so in love with the performance and just being out there with people i, I love it you know i mean quite honestly if i didn't wasn't able to perform i'd be probably on a psychiatrist uh, couch <laughs> you know but it's you know it's an, it's an outlet but it really lets you connect with people and um uh you know it's just a it, it, it's so nice to be able to get into that bubble 
and uh, be able to uh, enjoy, you know, making people feel good. Bringing those lyrics to life in that song, how important is that lead vocalist? Um, I think it's pretty important. Yeah. You know, I, and I'm not, I don't consider myself the best vocalist in the world for my stuff, but I also, you know, uh, I think that my influences that really made me want to be in music, um, like, you know, Steve Perry and, yeah. uh, Brad, Brad Delp, you know, and, you know, just amazing singers. Um, I really think that they, they help tell the story and that voice is extremely important. So you're, you're very much involved with the music industry these days. What, what else are you doing that, that fans need to know about? Um, so I'm the CEO of a company called Venue, V-N-U-E, yes. and our biggest um, project, ongoing project, is a, uh, um, a platform called Soundster, S-O-U-N-D-S-T-R, um, which is our platform that hopes to reshape the way that uh, general licensing is done in um, uh, not only brick-and-mortar establishments like bars, restaurants, and uh, other sp- spots like that, but in radio too, performing rights organizations like ASCAP and BMI typically force a blanket license agreement on businesses, even if that business is not playing their music or very playing a very small amount of it, and um, and it's antiquated. You know, it's uh, the the way they do it is a hundred years old. And yep. um, me being a technologist, I figured that there's a better way to do it. So Soundster. Uh, consists of a cloud-based platform as well as a, uh, a little box that you can put in these businesses and it listens to the music and we can identify the song when it's played um, you know the artist the publisher you know pretty you know hefty data set um, so that not only we can have uh, the business owners have an opportunity to take that data and go negotiate a better licensing agreement uh, but also so that we can help hold the PROs accountable because we're aware that about 81% of artists that are played in bars and restaurants and things like this are not properly compensated. Right. Um, so it's a big, you know, it's a, it's a big uh, endeavor uh, and we're still in the fairly early phases of it. And we've, you know, we've been developing this since 2018 and, you know, we've got some commercial deployments happening now, so it's starting to get traction. But, you know, the industry needs to move to the 21st century. I mean, you can, you can technically, you can track any any type of play that you want to on Spotify or even jukeboxes. But uh, the PROs right now would rather stay old school because they have basically a three billion dollar bucket of money they collect from general licensing mm-hmm. that they don't have any accountability for. Mm-hmm. And uh, we want to, we want to help them. You know, we want to help them get the correct artist paid um and at the same point in time um you know they spend 30 percent of their budget on collections you know that that money could go into artist pockets so right. we, we have a solution really that'll help everybody as as a fan of live music and be in here in charlotte we get a lot of cover bands do those cover bands have to pay their ascap bmi fees and would this help help out the the songwriters of the bands you know that, that they're playing so the bands themselves don't have to do uh have to pay for the licensing fees what what usually happens is the 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 bar or restaurant where they're playing yeah they have to pay that fee and it's usually a really high fee and it's based on nonsensical things like square footage or number of seats in the building rather than what we feel like it should eventually be which is a paper play situation where you have 
you know, songs that can be identified. We know when they're played. We know who the artist is and songwriters and publishers. Um, and that's actually tabulated. And then on a monthly basis, that would be, you know, paid to the, the, the rights holders. Um, that's not happening right now. Um, so to answer your question, the bands don't have to, to pay, but absolutely our technology can help um, uh, all the places that do have to pay for licensing for music. And eventually we do want to build a pay for play model that'll be a lot less expensive and will make a lot more sense um, in terms of, you know, the proper songwriters being, being paid. Um, you know, so for example, if you look at the way that's done right now is that most of the general licensing goes to say the top 200 touring artists, mm-hmm. but you know, guys like, um, you know, let's say just the Eagles, you know, who are huge band, every cover band in plant, uh, you know, on the planet plays hotel, California, there's a good chance that, um, they're not, you know, GMR is not receiving ro- royalties for, um, that work being performed, um, and the songwriters are not being uh, rewarded for that either. Wow. And the reason is because PROs have no mechanism to to know what's being played, you know, and, and we solve that. Wow. Wow. Very interesting. Always an interesting story from you. Where can people go to find <laughs> out more about Black and everything else that you guys are doing? And I want listeners to really get in there and dig in and see everything that you guys have been doing. Well, thanks, man. Um, well, so the website is zachbearmusic.com, and that's Z-A-C-H-B-A-I-R music.com. And then you can also find, uh, you know, the music and everything else on social media. Uh, so on Facebook, on YouTube and Instagram, it's Zach Bear Official, Z-A-C-H-B-A-I-R official. And um, uh, we're on every possible digital platform and might make 30 bucks next year from, <laughs> from all of them. <laughs> Dude, you got to come back to the show anytime in the future. The door is always going to be open for you. Errol, thanks so much. It's always a pleasure talking to you in my hometown of Charlotte, North Carolina. Absolutely, man. This town growing. You just wouldn't believe how much this town is growing. It's insane, man. It's insane. <laughs> it's, it's incredible. Well, you be brilliant today, okay, sir? You as well, man. Thank you, Errol. Thank you so much.